You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. How did somebody who said, who am I, a dead dog that you bestow this kindness upon, now come to a place, human nature, where you are now saying that I was brought here so that I will be king instead of the person who brought me? human nature. Which means that God already saw that thing inside Mephibosheth. Now, if that kind of attitude is inside a person, then there will be a resistance. Because what happened next? Look at what happened next. Next verse. Now, then the king said to Ziba, behold, thine, thine are all, thine are all that pertained unto Mephibosheth, and Ziba said, I humbly beseech them my fine grace. In other words, what did the king say? He said, everything that belonged to my spirit is now your own. The Bible says a wife's servant shall have the inheritance of the son and rule over the son. So you can have somebody. In other words, you are in an office. You are a benef- direct beneficiary of kindness. You are in position. You get entitled. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody there who is next to your servant or all of that, who wasn't thinking and inside you, and, and it's all this kind of attitude. The people wondered, okay, how come kindness hasn't reached somebody? What's going on? I mean, the attitude. Now, what, wait, think about this. That's why God said he's not willing that any should perish but come to repentance. Now, people desperately want the blessing, but he says, I don't want you to perish but come to repentance before you get it. Now, that means change of heart. What, how do you think Mephibosheth will have felt now? Haven't, do you see what Ziba brought to David? This is the servant of Mephibosheth. Do you see the resources he brought? Do you see what was at the disposal of, of Mephibosheth if his servant was carrying all of that? Now you lose all of that, and then you look at yourself, and let me tell you what Mephibosheth will say. He'll say, David is the problem because in the first place, you shouldn't even have called me. Because you say, listen, listen, why, why should you come and call me? That I should, I should, I should, if you had left me. So once you have that kind of attitude, you have, and this is what resists the thing. So Ruth, when she was getting close, some people behave, I mean, I mean, there was one, some, some, I mean, nine, somebody said a story and she kept, I mean, she's a popular person. I, I'll just quote it, but let me just say the essence of what she was saying. And she said, was, she was crying this on global television and said, this man had decided what I did not know until, the, until we broke up that he had decided he was going to. He came to this particular place in France with the ring to marry me. I did not know. So what happened? What happened was that he took her out, probably. And she started pointing to things that the man said, oh boy. This is going to be a liability for my lifetime. And Oga just withdrew. Kindness can come to your doorstep. If there are certain attitudes that you have, do you understand what I'm saying here? That thing, that's what is keeping away this thing from getting to us. In other words, people, and God says, all right, I'm going to try as much and Ziba there. You could see Ziba's attitude. Now, now David as a person, Look at David as a person. There's another lesson from David. Because if we go to 
Second Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. David was disposed to showing kindness. It came to pass. Now in chapter 9, he had just finished with Mephibosheth, where he had shown Mephibosheth kindness. Then chapter 10, it came to pass that the king, all right, the children of Ammon died, and Hanun his son reigned in his stead. Verse 2, and David said, I will show kindness unto Hanun, the son of Nahash. His father showed kindness to me. And David sent comfort, all right, sent to comfort him by the hand of his servants for his father. And David's servants came into the land of the children of Ammon. Now, you see attitude when you push back on kindness. And the princes of the children of Ammon said unto Hanun, their Lord, thinkest thou that David did honor thy father, doth honor thy father, that he had sent comforters unto thee, hath not David rather sent his servants unto thee to search the city and spy it and to overthrow it? Look at what they did to the chaps. Next verse. Wherefore Hanon took David's servants, shaved off one of half of their beards. People were sent to show kindness. The trigger inside those people was suspicion. And the very people that David sent were dealt with badly. Such that when they went back to David, for you see, David's disposition as a person was kindness. And your disposition as a person has to be kindness. Regardless of how people respond to your kindness, which means even if they treat it wrongly, even if they, listen, that, and many people who, them, who, and this is the way you get, receive these kind of things from God, which means if you show kindness to the merciful, God will be merciful. Now, the reason why many people are pulled out of, of even being nice to people is because, I mean, look at David standing here. On the left, Absalom leads a rebellion. On the right, Mephibosheth, you helped there. Your son is leading a rebellion. You turn to the right, Mephibosheth, you helped, was lame in his feet. He's saying that the rebellion of Absalom is to make him king. David should have said, it's over now. To thy tent, O Israel. Everybody handle your life. I keep what I have to myself. Do you get what I'm saying here? How can I be treated in this particular way? And you keep this particular thing to yourself. And many people have withdrawn from showing kindness to people, extending mercy, helping other people because of the way they have been treated by people that they have helped and shown kindness to. And you have to make up your mind. Listen, if you are going to stop rain from falling on the evil, you will have to stop rain from falling on the good because there's no discrimination here. If you are going to get anywhere in life, you have to forgive your way to that place. Because you are the kind of responses, and David went through it. But this didn't change David's disposition, all right, towards people. A person who is kind, a person who is open, is not because they have not been treated wrongly. It is their disposition that they have taken. Which means God says, my disposition, all right, is this. This is the kindness, this is who I am, and you have to become that, all right, to other people. You have to become, all right, that's how David, that's why when David was going after, they had raided uh, the, the, uh, his people, taking their wives and their children. And David was going, because he was a kind person, he just saw one of the servants there, and the man was dying. They said, look, give this man bread and water. They didn't know who he was. It was out of kindness that they showed to him that he opened up the door for them. That's why the scripture says, be hospitable unto strangers. For some have entertained angels unawares. In other words, visitations from God. So we see two things here. Do not take, all right, acts. And once kindness begins to unfold, right, right, be very grateful for it. Be very watchful about it. Look, never as a rule in your life, anybody who has 
helped you in any way, no matter who has helped you up the ladder, who has, you may not even agree with them in opinion about certain things. All right? You will not, I mean, let me, let me tell you this. I mean, even my pastor, when, my girl, and when he went to a doctrine at that time, I, I didn't agree. He called me to his office. I, I said, I don't agree with this. He said, look, let me tell you how I came. Because everybody in the Bible didn't agree. He said, I don't, I said, he asked me, I said, I don't agree with this doctrine. He said, but let me show you why, how I came into it. And began to bring out his notes from 1985 and he was showing me. All right? But I remember this morning, I got up from my bed. Apparently, my wristwatch was, had stopped, and I just got up to pray for the service. And I looked at the wristwatch, and it said, five minutes to five. I said, yay. I only have one hour to pray. And I remember words he said one day in church. He came to church. He said, a midweek service. He said, look, I just slept off on the table by mistake. I only had one hour to pray for the service. He said, and I remember Jesus said, tarry with me for one hour, and I prayed in a certain way. So I remembered those words. Only for me to start praying to find out it was 3.15. Actually, it was my own wristwatch, so I was very happy I stayed at time. All right? But it was my wristwatch that, that was wrong. But the words he spoke at a midweek service, I still remember those words. People have helped you up the ladder. No matter what happens, God doesn't do coups. If God is going to remove anybody to put you there, he will not use you in the process of removing that person. He won't stain your hands with blood. He will never make it that it was through your own hands. It will bring you, God can remove people to put you into position, but he will do that behind the scenes so that when you get there, it is the story they'll be telling you that you know what happened, not that you participated in it. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me go by saying this here. So the core of this, how do I position myself? to receive this kindness into my own life. There is something in the heart of the Father. Now, be a kind person. Go out of your way, all right, and, and show kindness. You'll find out how much people miss out in life simply because they just are not, you know, kind, all right, to others. I went to England during the week. Let me say this. When I got into the departure lounge, I sat down. There was a chap in front of me. And he started laughing. And then after some time, he called and said, my wife. I told my wife, you're here. She said I should introduce myself. He comes to service here. I've seen him. I said, so what do you do? When he described what he does, I stepped back. When he told me what he built for Amazon and the U.S. government, this guy sits, I won't say the department is in. I stepped back. I said, Oga, what are you saying? He said, this is the work I did. And I said, I, have a, how, I live in England, in San Francisco, London, and San Francisco and Lagos. I said, you that I see like this, you did this kind of work in AI? You don't know. He told me, he said, the first time I entered a plane to go abroad, 2018. What he has done in those four years. The first time he entered a plane in his life, that you are traveling. When God's mercy comes, and you don't know who is beside you,
as God. So what does God want from us? How does he prepare us to position ourselves to receive this? Simply an acknowledgement of his goodness. This is what God wants from you. His kindness and his mercy. Even when things are going south in your life. In other words, when things don't seem to be working the way you think that they should work. And things are not shaping out the way you think they should shape out. God wants you. This is what Jonah was saying. They that observe lying vanities will forsake their own mercy. He wants us to understand it's not of him that runneth, neither is it of him that willeth, but of God that showeth mercy. We saw it in Mephibosheth. These are just two examples. A Ruth. He wants belief in his love for you. That's believe that he loves you. Believe that he is merciful and kind-hearted. What Satan is trying to get, that was what happened in the wilderness, is God among us. Where is God? God has forsaken me. Where has God not helped me? Murmuring, complaining, hardness of heart. God says instead of that, when you are in the midst of it all, all I ask is acknowledge how much I love you. Acknowledge how good I am to you and acknowledge my kindness towards you. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 to verse 39. Quickly. It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, whoever liveth to make intercession. No matter what you are going through, God is there, Jesus is there, making intercession for you. Who shall separate us? Paul said it. Who will separate me from the love of Christ? He says nothing. This is the key to victory. Nothing or nobody will separate me or separate me from knowing and being persuaded that God loves me, that God is kind towards me, and is favorably disposed towards me in the midst of this. He said, who shall separate? Tribulation? He said, tribulation can't make me think God will love me. Or distress? He said, persecution? Or famine? Nakedness? Or peril? Or the sword? Next verse. It is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for slaughter. And then he turned and says, no, you think that we are being killed and destroyed. He said, in all these things, we come out more than conquerors through him that loved us. Not because we love him, but because he loved us. For I am persuaded. Paul said, look, I am persuaded. You can't talk me out of it. You can't make me think otherwise. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He said this. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me or us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Which means you cannot separate us. Put us in the hole. We believe God loves us. Yes, you may not love us again. Yes, men may not love us. Our family may not love us again. He said we agree. But you cannot persuade me that God in heaven doesn't love me. The songwriter wrote a song. He said, 
You can say I am black and ugly. He said, but you cannot persuade me God doesn't love me. He said, for when I put out my CDs, they sell in millions. Finished. Criticize me till you die. You can't take God's love away from me. You don't control that. And he says, so long as you acknowledge God's love for you as a person and his goodness, that's why Paul um, and David talk about goodness and mercy shall follow, which means I am attached to the goodness and the mercy of God. And those two things follow me all the days of my life. He said, that's how I get all these experiences that I get. I believe in the love God has for me. Satan wants me to get angry with God. Satan wants me to curse God in my heart. He said, I will not. If I went Joseph, God there, he said, listen, what you meant for evil, God was the one walking through that. Yes, there's an element of pain there. Yes, there's an element, except you haven't walked with God. Yes, there's an element of betrayal. Look at David. You look back, Absalom is taking your throne. You look to the right. Mephibosheth, the one you helped. But David said, look, he didn't, he didn't get angry. He said, Ziba, you take over everything. He poured that same kindness into Ziba. He didn't say, now, bring everything to me. He poured it to Ziba. He was there, all right? And, and God's disposition towards us is this way. Jeremiah chapter 33. So what's the song we sing when we're here? Jeremiah 33 and verse 10 to verse 12. Thus here the Lord again shall be heard in this place, which you say shall be desolate, without man, without beast, even the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate, without man, without inhabitant, without any beast. Desolate place. Verse 11. He said, you will be heard again, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, and God is very particular about the song, they shall say, which means when they are singing and praising, they shall say, praise the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. No beast, nothing, but they look up. Praise the Lord, for you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. They look up again. We praise you, for you are good. In other words, you do more than we imagine. You are kind, and your mercy endureth forever. This was the song at the dedication of the temple, that the glory cloud came in. What were they singing? He is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Look at that song there. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise. That's what Hebrews call the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Of them that bring that, it says, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as the first, saith the Lord. Next verse, it says, thus saith the Lord again in this place, which is desolate without man, without beast, and all the cities thereof shall be an habitation of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down in green pastures. That's what he's talking about. Because he says, those ones who sang, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. That are praising God in that context. He says, those ones who come out of captivity, and they're going to find green pastures. Finally, Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. And listen to what it says here. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, why? For his good and his mercy endureth forever. Why are you giving thanks? For his good. 
The word good means he always does more than we imagine. And his mercy endureth. Now, you are in the heat of crisis. Listen, when Jehoshaphat faced the battle, the song he sang that God sent an ambushment was that God is good and his mercy endureth. Never doubt God's love for you. The way people think about you is not the way God thinks about you. What people say about you is not what God is saying about you. Do you understand what I'm saying here? He ever liveth to make intercession. He is good and his mercy. Now look at the next verse. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What are they to say? They are to say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he had redeemed out of the arm of the enemy. If you want to see the benefits of redemption, he says, go to him and say, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. That's Joseph when they threw him into the pit. God taught him, yes, you are experiencing pain, betrayal, but come up and say, you are good and your mercy endureth. Because when he became prime minister and they showed up and they stood and they said this, he said, you meant it for evil. He didn't say, he, he says, but God sent me. In other words, even in your decision to treat me that way, God authorized it. He wasn't saying that when God saw them do it, then God said, eh, eh, ah, ah, okay, okay, Egypt will be where? Okay, let's reorganize it. It was supposed to be in uh, this place. Move the, the, move the slavery to Egypt. No. God had seen it hundreds of years before. As I said, through the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you're delivered. Yes, there is pain, but you say he is good and his mercy. Never let it come out of your lips. Why have you forsaken me? Because he has not. He says, why have you done this? Because he will never. Zion said, the Lord has forsaken. He says, can I forsake? He says, a woman may do that, but I can never do that. My love for you is stronger than that. He says, so sing. He says, rejoice and sing. And worship me in the midst of it. And then Zion said, the Lord has forsaken, has forgotten. Look at verse 13. It tells us, sing. Verse 13. Sing, O heavens. Be joyful. Break forth into singing. And both say, no, I can't sing. For he has forsaken me. Why will he let this happen? Why will he let this happen? All right? If you tell me things have happened in your life you didn't think should happen, yes. You are not God. You don't know the journey to your destiny. Let me repeat to you. You are not God. You don't know the journey. The world doesn't revolve around your intellect. Let me repeat to you. It doesn't revolve around your intellect. You say, well, but it was painful. Are you trying to tell me we haven't experienced pain? We that stand to preach that God is good. You want to tell me you haven't experienced pain? But he says, I, I will have fainted lest I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Tell him he's good and he's merciful. And tell him his mercy endureth. And see whether something is not going to come out of that situation. Have I seen Christians disappointed? Yes. Have I seen them pray? Yes. But I have not met one Christian in my entire life, and I repeat this, 
who when they hit crisis, instead of them getting bitter, they looked up to heaven and said God, and worshipped God. I haven't found one that did not come out with something bigger than that, that they will tell you that come. We can't just say God made that thing happen, but let me tell you, ah, if that thing didn't happen, we will not be in this position we are today. The secret is, sing to him, for he is good and his mercy endureth. You know there's a book that says the five languages of love. Eh? That some people, their love language is gift. If you, give, if you don't give them gift, I am being with them. I'm just with you, touching them. They don't understand that one. Oh boy, give gift. The gift you give on birthday shows how much you love me. Some people, you can, if that's not their love language, you give them gift. They'll say, but you are not there. Say, but I have to travel. That's not what counts. What counts is just having dinner, just both of us together, alone, all right? Some people, if you do that, they say, is it dinner we're going to chop? I beg, bring, can you let us see where we are going? Say dinner. Eh? Give me a ticket, let me go and shop. You two can go your own shopping. That's their love language. God's love language is that when things are going south, you sing to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the love language of God. And God says, what no man's eye has seen, no man's ear heard. The heart of no man has conceived are prepared for those that when they're in that situation, they say, I am good for his mercy endureth forever. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.